Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so excited that you are here today. But before we get started, I would love if you listeners would do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Because what I know is that the more times these episodes are shared, the more people that we are helping to realize that there is hope in the middle of their situation. And so just thank you in advance for sharing that. So I am going to read my guest bio to you, and we are going to get started in what I know is going to be a great conversation. So born in Dearborn, Michigan, my guest today grew up loving animals, nature, and books. She worked as an elementary school teacher and literacy curriculum facilitator for 15 years before becoming an adjunct professor and then a supervisor in the education department at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. She lives with her husband, Rick, and their rescue dog, Bella, in North Carolina. She and Rick have two grown children, and she treasures time with her two grandchildren and loves reading, baking, and snorkeling at the beach. I want to welcome to the show, Stacy Light. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited for you to be here as well. So before we get into our conversation, I want to just give a little bit of context, because when people hear that the name of my platforms are a God shift, they're really intrigued by the cleverness of that name, but no one ever really knows exactly what that is. So by definition, I believe that a God shift is the moment that you ditch disruption or delay in your life. It gives you the ability to be able to collide with God's purpose and actually move into the destiny that he has for you. And I believe that a lot of the believers that I come into contact with, they know what it is that God has promised them. They're just frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. And I think that one of the ways that we can actually partner with God in getting to the destiny that he's promised us is by exercising our kingdom authority, the authority that we have actually been given as believers. So I always start every episode off, Stacey, by asking you, what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Well, I think you said it wonderfully, but I would say, um, for me, uh, those those words truly do mean that um, I grew up in a Christian home, and although I was a follower of Jesus, I wasn't following Him in every way to um, to the extent that I needed to. And um, and it wasn't until He uh, allowed me to go through some trials and tribulation and challenges in my life um, that I really had to lean on Him for the first time in my life um, because I was having um, fears and anxiety. Um, through the challenges that I faced, and 
he was the only way that I was going to get through those things. So there was a tremendous shift in uh, me leaning on him in a whole new way and also growing deeper in my relationship with him. And so that has continued, um, which has also allowed me to see what he really had for me, um, his desires for my life and how it would play out. So when you think about some of the things that you've gone through and you were able to recognize whether it was because of past experiences or what you've been told or what you've learned of all of the powerful things that God can do in our lives, what did you discover were some of the power that you had that you could actually contribute to these situations in order to get a better outcome? So growing up, because I was in a Christian home, I was lucky enough to be around a praying family, but it wasn't until I started, I was only seven when I faced my first true challenge where I had fear and anxiety. Um, and it, it was at that time that I was listening to my parents pray over me while I was injured mm-hmm. that I started realizing that there was more, there was more power in the prayer. It wasn't just words. Yeah. And that there was something actually happening um, that was um, different with my body. I knew that there was some something powerful about the words they were saying around me. And mm-hmm. it also just made me feel closer to God. And I knew that he was wrapping his arms around me during a difficult time. Right. And so I guess what I'm hearing you say is that when you think about some of the things that you can do in your own life, right? You find yourselves in difficult circumstances and there's a lot of things that God can do. But what I hope that the listeners take away from this is that when we're talking about kingdom authority, we're not diminishing what it is that God can do. But what we are saying is, is that your kingdom authority is the role that you as the believer have to play in his will for your life. It's the things that we can say. It's the things that we can do because I believe that God can do anything, but ultimately what he desires is to partner with us. And he wants us to recognize that just like on a team at work, he is the leader has a role to play in this project, if you will. But you as the team member, in this case, the believer have a role to play in that project, if you will, as well. And so are you saying that you feel like as a believer that the authority that we have comes through the power of prayer? I absolutely do. And I believe that along with reading God's word are the two things that have helped me, um, I think, as a child learning the prayer part. And Mm -hmm. then as an older adult, adding in that reading of scripture and linking it with prayer has Um, given me strength that nothing else in my life has ever given me. What I love about what you're saying, Stacey, is that one of the things that I, I recognized years ago, and I can't take full credit for it myself, one of the members of my church was telling me that it was a discovery that she had made, is that some of the most powerful prayers that you can pray is praying the word of God, especially since it tells us in scripture that the Lord's words will not return to him void. And so it's one thing for us to ask things in prayer. It's another thing for us to petition things in prayer, but then it's a whole nother ball of wax for you to actually pray what it is that scripture says. And so when you think back about the prayers that you heard your parents pray and the former prayer that you began to adopt, did you implement that into into your prayer, like the actual scripture? 
Yes, I did. I I don't think I did it as early, um, like when I was injured at that time. But as I grew older, and I started seeing that it was being modeled for me to, um, to pray scripture back to the Lord, and especially his promises to us. Mm -hmm. um, Those things really were able to give me um, a peace about anything in life that I've, I've been dealing with, whether it was big or small, or whether it was something that was going on with my kids. Um, because oftentimes it's the, it's the things that you can't control that yeah. give you the biggest fears. Right. And yes. so, um, you know, when we can't control things, it's, it's easy to just worry, worry, worry. And I've learned that worrying gets me nowhere. I just have to pray and give it to God. And then there's a peace that comes over me. But if I just sit and give that same amount of time to worry, I walk away with more worry and no peace. Yeah, that is so good. And so when you think about the the times that you have gone through difficulty in your life Mm -hmm. and you've been able to figure out some of the power that you have within you to be able to get on the other side of those circumstances, like what do you feel like you learned during this process? I just feel like that God is, is present and that although we don't actually see him, that if we are really trying to draw near him, we will know he is there. Um, Just like, you know, a family member or a friend, we should be reaching out to God first. So anytime we have even just things that we want to say thank you about, or we just want to praise about. So it's not just always petitioning for things or prayer requests, but also thankfulness and how things are going well in our lives too, that I feel like we should come to God for. And so um, I believe that, you know, if he is truly present in our lives, then he should be the first one we think about talking to daily, just like we think about talking to um, a best friend or a spouse or a significant other or someone like that in our life too. If he's truly a big part of our lives, we should want to talk to him. Right. And so if someone is listening to this episode and they're not sure that they're actually feeling God's presence in their life, they don't necessarily know whether or not there's evidence that he is present. What are some of the indications that you can of how you can actually be for sure that his presence is around you? You know, I just I wrote a children's book called Good One God, and I I wanted children to. Uh, the whole idea was letting children see that even in nature, God is present everywhere. Um, that, you know, if you look at a beautiful flower, if you look at a sunrise, which um, is in the book and a sunset that's in a book and all these different beautiful animals, those things just in my mind, and I know a lot of people in the science world would disagree with me, but if you're a believer in God, then you, um, the understanding should be that um, that those things Um, have beauty because he is the master creator of all things. And so if you are questioning God's existence, I would say get out into nature immediately and begin to really, um, it's okay to question. And I really think that questioning is always good. I ask kids when I'm teaching them to question, um, but just, you know, it's okay to question God. It's okay to say, reveal yourself to me and pray to him while you're in nature to reveal his presence to you. And I believe he will. You know, and as, as distracting as social media can be these days, Mm -hmm. as distracting as television and all of the different things that were, that pull us away from God and pull us away from what it is that we should be focused on. Mm -hmm. I do believe that one of the ways that God shows his presence is through sometimes a thought that we have 
Or if you're on social media, you may scroll and someone may post a meme. You may hear something in a sermon. And so I think that God will use whatever it is that is um, as part of your daily routine to interject his presence. And so his presence isn't always just a feeling. Sometimes his presence is a thought. Sometimes his presence is a word from someone else that gets you either thinking in a certain direction or get you moving in a different direction. Do you, do you feel like you experience those things also? I do. And I often, I I laugh, my husband thinks it's funny, but I'll often say to him, like, you know, passing someone in the grocery store um, and I'm, I'm extroverted to a point, but I don't just randomly go up to people all the time. But if, if I see somebody and I feel like God is nudging me to talk to them, I will. And um, oftentimes it's almost always somebody that has a need in their life and they might look downcast. And I just, you know, just tell you like, Hey, how is your day going? You know, just starting off with uh, a simple, hello, how are you? Um, You know, and getting some conversation started. And usually um, they're willing to share, you know, if God puts you in a place where he wants you to talk to someone um, he has a plan. And so you, every time I've done that, the person has opened up and it's turned into a 15 or 20 minute conversation in the, in the middle of the, the veggie aisle or wherever it is. Um, but I think, you know, it's the little seeds that we plant. We don't have to, we don't have to go the full distance every time, but we, we do need to obey what he's telling us to do. Yeah. And I, I hear what, what I hear you saying is like, it's such like speaking and using our words is such a powerful example of us using the authority that God has given us. And oftentimes, um, even on this, this podcast, when I talk about the importance of speaking, I'm talking about, you know, speaking out loud for your own benefit. But what just dawned on me as you were sharing, Stacey, was that using the authority that we have and the the power of our words, mm-hmm. even in other people's lives, you know, you're in a place and you're feeling a nudge to say something to someone. And most of us, myself included, sometimes will not even be obedient to that nudging of what it is that we say to say to a person, you know, we're getting this nudge that we should say something to a person. But when we think about the authority that we have as believers and the power that we have to use our words, it's not just for ourselves, but it's also those that we come in contact with planned or or unplanned. Well, I say unplanned, like we didn't plan to run into them, but I don't believe in any coincidences. So if you're on that veggie aisle and the (laughs) Lord is telling you to say something to somebody, please say it because you just don't know how what you release can Mm -hmm. be such a paradigm shift in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's some of the hardest things to do is just, at least for me, was to say like, it's even if I step out there and say something to someone and say like, you know, if they start saying something to me, I'll say, well, you know, if I, we have, a, I go to a church nearby that is really um, very welcoming. And if you'd like to join us on Sunday, I'd love to have you and I'll meet you in the foyer. So you won't have to look around for me. I'll be right there waiting for you. If, if that is something God wants me to do, um, if somebody turns me down, then he knew that, you know, he knew that part too, but it's still planting the seed and they may still show up And And, you know, I just, I shouldn't have to worry if I'm rejected you know, God's not rejecting me. And, right. and so, you know, I'm doing what he's asked me to do. And um, being being obedient should be the gift that we receive and not worrying about every, every word and how they respond to it. So 
what we need to do is just be obedient and we will get pleasure and love from God from doing that. Absolutely. And scripture even tells us that once we plant a seed, it's, Mm -hmm. it's God that gives the increase. And so our only job is to be obedient and say what needs to be said and plant the seed. Because most oftentimes you're not just like in the natural, you're not going to plant the seed, water it, and see the increase of it at the same time, especially if someone is not a believer, especially if they're not in the practice of, you know, putting God, putting God first, you're not going to see the fruit of it. And sometimes it's not even your responsibility or the timing for you to do that. So, you know, don't take the pressure off of you know, take the pressure off of yourself is what I meant to say that, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I don't say anything because what if they ask me questions and I don't know all the answers to it? Like, look, one step at a time, just start by giving them what it is that you feel like the Lord is saying to you. And then you can always point them to your pastor, or like you said, invite them to church or, you know, a book that you've read. And so we don't have to see the entire staircase in order to be obedient to what it is that God is telling us. Yeah. My, um, my daughter-in-law, you mentioned planting a seed. My daughter-in-law is beautiful at um, planting flowers and propagating. And so she got me into propagating, but while I was doing it, um, I started really thinking about planting seeds and propagating um, from something that I already had and, you know, building life from something. And what I realized was um, not every seed took root. And some did and some did not. Even if I did the exact same thing and went through the exact same process with propagation, with all of the little plants and flowers I tried, um, some some took root and some didn't. And so I really started looking that as this is the same way as when I plant the seeds that it may take root later with someone else. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily with me. And that's okay. But the seed is still there. Yeah. You know, there's so many implications. We could have a whole other episode about this, but there's so (laughs) many implications to what you just said of how, you know, even all the time, all of our efforts are not going to take root, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try again. Like we could, that'll preach right there. Even when it doesn't take root, that'll preach right there. So we're going to pause and take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to explore this idea of kingdom authority even more. And I want us to share some tips of how it is that people can begin to implement authority in their lives as well. We'll be right back. Perhaps it's trying y'all it's trying and it's coming. This episode is brought to you by the free guide. When God says shift inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to God says shift.com to access it now. All right. Gotta love technology. <laughs> so Stacy, before the break, we were talking about this idea of kingdom authority and we were explaining how there's things that God has the authority to do to see things come to pass in our lives. But there's a role that we actually have to play as well. And we've talked about praying. We've talked about using our words. We've talked about being obedient. We've talked about not quitting, 
right? And so if someone is listening to this episode right now and they're actually struggling to figure out how they can use authority in their own lives to shift it into a better place, like what would be the best tip that you would give them of how they can use their authority? You know, it's funny because I actually was asking myself that question the other day because I feel like we can still always grow in that area. Um, it's it's always a process, you know, so uh, learning to, I always feel like, you know, there's always a growth process with being with God, you know, you, it's, you're going to always increase. Um, so I guess I would say my tip is to look at um, the things that you do well, what is your skill set? that God has given you and um, and use those skills and use those talents that he's given you. And um, if you're a great speaker, um, then you can get closer to God and bring others closer to God through your speaking. And if you're a good writer, then that's maybe the way that God wants to grow you towards him and also grow maybe your readers towards him. Um, so one of the things that I did was I think a lot of females, but a lot of people do this is they're always questioning, what am I good at? What, what are the gifts that God gave me? And so there was a day where I had to sit down and although I have a job um, and I, and I'm a writer and a speaker, I really had to sit down and make that list of what is it that God sees are the gifts that he gave me? Not just what, what are the gifts that I think I have, but what does he want me to have? What does he want me to better in my life that I know he gave me that gift, but what can I do better um, for him and to draw the kingdom in? And so um, I kind of narrowed down to a few and those have become the things that I I work on on a daily basis to draw myself and others closer to God. And I think what I want to add to that is that when you talk about the skiffs, the skiffs, the skills and the gifts that God gave you and how you can use that as authority in other people's lives. I don't want people to automatically assume that you're talking about spiritual gifts, right? Like it doesn't have to be something that's real, that's biblical. You know, you can use anything that God gave you to help somebody else. You can use anything that God gave you to even help your own circumstances. Because I think sometimes when we're having a biblical conversation and we start talking about gifts and skills, people think, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a great person. I don't know how to pray very well. I don't preach. I don't, you know, have the gift of knowledge or prophecy or, you know, some yes. of the spiritual gifts that are out there. So I want people to, who are listening to this, if you're really thinking about how do you use the authority that God gave you, what are you good at? And more importantly, what is it that people come to you for? Yes. Because I believe that some of the experiences that we've had in the past and some of the skills Um, even if it's a resilience or a perseverance from going through struggles that we have, God is giving us that so that we can help somebody else. Yeah. And I have found that um, sometimes when I think I'm not supposed to do something, God will open up a door in that avenue and then just say, nope, this is where I want you to go or he'll close a door. And so it, um, you know, he helps you as long as I'm in his word and I'm praying, um, then I feel like he directs my path. Um, but you know, I mentioned you mentioned that um, I'm a professor at a college, so I work with juniors and seniors. And one of the things that I made a, a promise to myself and God about not long ago was that I was going to be a lot more vocal to my students, even in a public university, um, when I can about 
my beliefs or, you know, without shoving it down their throat, but finding a way to bring Christ present in their lives somehow. And honestly, the biggest way that I've found to do that is just to love them Mm. and to make sure that each one of them feels like no matter where they are in life, what their circumstances are with relationships or, you know, a lot of the other things that are going on in society that they don't feel like I'm being judgmental of them, that they just know that they can come to me and that, and I always say to them, if you come to me for help or something, I'm going to offer to pray with you. And if you don't want me to pray with you, that's fine, but I will continue to pray for you. Um, And they have always, they've gotten very comfortable doing that. And I think that has been something that's really made a difference. I like that because I think sometimes we can um, be a little bit unsure of exactly how we can share God with people or we question like, oh, well, if I'm in a work environment, Mm -hmm. is this going to be something that's acceptable? And so there's ways for you to share God with people and it doesn't require you to pull out a Bible. It doesn't even require you to even know any scriptures, but if you can just be loving and kind, one of the things that I say every morning as I leave the house, well, every morning that I leave the house, (laughs) because there's a lot of days I don't leave the house. I always say, Lord, let my life be a light to someone else. And it it doesn't always or usually does not come in the form of me even saying the name of Jesus. It doesn't come from me even saying the name of God, but sometimes just being nice to a person or just listening to a person and showing that you actually care about them is a great way to share God. And then I've had time people, people say like, oh, well, you're so nice or you're so kind. And I'm like, you know, that's just one of God's characteristics that I try to carry with me. And sometimes even that in and of itself will open up questions and additional dialogue that I didn't have to ram my beliefs or even the name of God or Jesus down their throats. I didn't even have to mention it. Yeah. And that's the way I I work with my students as well. And um, I think it's the best way because, you know, generally speaking, um, students are and kids, they're very wise and they're all over the internet and um, we don't need to talk down to them because they're extremely smart. And so I think the the best thing to do is just what you said, because it opening up conversation with them, if they feel comfortable talking with you, then those next steps will eventually come and God will place those at our feet for us to continue moving in, in the direction towards him. Yeah. So Stacey, as we begin to wrap this conversation up, are there any final words that you would like to share with the audience? I would just say uh, what we were just talking about is just if you're unsure about how to share Jesus with others in your life and you haven't really told anyone about how to be saved yet, start with something small. Just start with everyday kindness. You know, people are watching us, especially Christians or they they like to find um, things that we do wrong, and then, you know sometimes you hear about it on social media or whatever. But um, I just think that that is the best way is just to be loving, to show the characteristics of Jesus, to put ourselves out there with people we don't necessarily always hang around with, um, you know, and just to be comfortable with people that are different than us and um, show love to everyone. And I, I think that in this day and age, they don't they don't see enough of that. And so it will at least raise their eyebrows. Yeah. Great advice. So, Stacey, how can our listeners follow you? Are you on social media? 
Yes, I have a website and it's uh, it's www.stacy, S-T-A-C-Y. And my last name is Light, but it's spelled L-E-I-C-H-T.com. And I have a website. I have um, some books I've published that are available to be purchased. Um, but if anybody wants to get in touch with me and start following on the website, I'd be happy to send them the first chapter of my uh, suspense book that we'll be releasing in the spring. Tell us about the book. Well, it's interesting because I wrote the book in fiction format, but the whole book is a suspense book and it's based on a time in my life when I taught sixth grade and the parent of one of my students became a stalker to me. And I had to get a restraining order and I had to, um, it was was a time of um, fear and anxiety like I had never had before. Um, and so it was the time in my life as an adult that I had to become, I, I had to really, really lean into God in a whole new way because mm-hmm. um, there were things in my life I couldn't control. And um, I, you know, I didn't know if the person was going to be outside my house. I didn't know if they were going to follow my son to lacrosse practice, things like that were happening. And I literally just had to give my fear and anxiety to him, but it took me a while to get to that point, I, you know, I lived kind of the worldly way of fear and anxiety for a while and it wasn't working for me. I was probably, you know, one step away from, you know, having to really seek some, some help. And, um, eventually it was, if God just said, well, are you done (laughs) being miserable on your own? Are you going to let me handle this for you? And, uh, I finally got down on my knees and said, I can't do it without you anymore. And it was at that time that I started feeling peace about it. And um, I was able to sleep at night and I was able to just give it to God. And um, eventually the whole thing went away, but after a series of events, but um, I wrote the book in fiction format and changed some things about it. So um, the person that was the stalker is hopefully not able to hear everything and see. But no, anyway, it's all good now. We're all it's all good. It's, it was a while ago. But it's awesome. uh, it was an interesting year of my life that the big takeaway though, even though it's a suspense book, is truly about how to lean in closer to God and get close to him during a challenging time in your life. Awesome. Well I am going to make sure that the link to get that first chapter and to get the book is in the show notes. And any social media will be there as well. So thank you so much, Stacey, for being here. I appreciate you contributing. And everyone, share, share, share this episode. And hopefully you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.